Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Emma Daily Klein podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today. On this channel, you'll find conversations I have with horsemen, horse lovers, and creatives. You'll also be able to find the audios for the Northwood Farms Horsemanship Vlog series. If you enjoy this episode, please rate it and subscribe to my channel. I don't get to publish as often as I'd like, so subscribing is really important because then you don't miss anything as I kind of sporadically produce content. It would also be great if you enjoy this episode to share it with someone that you think might also appreciate it. I'm stoked to be able to bring you this episode of the podcast because it's really fun. This is a conversation I had right before Christmas 2020 with someone who is colorful, entertaining, interesting, and kind. He is one of the elite orthopedic surgeons in this country. He's also a accomplished songwriter, a singer, a performer. He is a skilled horseman at this point. He's a cattleman. And I really love that he is a kind and generous mentor to other aspiring horsemen that are coming up. I won't do any more spoiler alerts. If you'd like to see video of this conversation, you can go to horsemanshipinsider.com and find it in the Horsemanship Hub. It's unlocked content there. You can also go to the Northwood Farms YouTube channel and watch the video there. So without any further fanfare, I bring you my good friend, Dr. Bill Barnes. All right, so we're speeding. And welcome, Bill Barnes, Dr. Bill Barnes, Billy Money. Good to see you. Been been a while since we've seen each other. Uh, yes, it was warmer, huh? Summer. Uh, well, actually, it's still warm here. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm so it's mad at you. 82 degrees, sunshine. Yeah, it's nice. It's a rough life. We'll say where you are for those of I'm in uh, Forsyth, Georgia, or Indian Springs, Georgia. It's just about 50 miles south of Atlanta and about 40 miles north of Macon, which is just right off the I-75. Aha. And we're, we live on a, on a ranch. We do a cow-calf operation. Uh, we have about 200 mama cows. And uh, then we um, ride outside horses for people. And we also start colts. And we have a breeding program here. And um, I take on some interns and, uh, and help them with their journey in horsemanship. Yes, so cool. I didn't realize you guys were starting Colts for the public. Uh, yes, we just started doing that. Cool. Ben and me. Right on. Well, so how many have you done this year? Is that is that we just, just started? I think I think we actually it's, it's kind of funny. We have our we've had started riding outside horses, and we've had four so far. We started just like three months ago. Cool. There's always always a need for a good start. It's it's um. There's a lot of people in this area who need help. I feel like there's never going to be enough help for everyone. You know. Well, you know, Buck and I were talking. You know, last clinics when he was here in September, and I said, "Well, the people are always coming up, it, especially in these eastern clinics. Hey, who who's going to help me to do this?" And um, so I said, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to step up. And, and then Buck said, yep, you do. But, you know, I don't want to be a clinician. I never have, have wanted to be a clinician, but I do want to share what I know. Um, and it's, um, it's 
there's so much um, misinformation out there, and there's so many, so much noise, uh, and it's and and it's so it's it's confusing for people to find out who do I listen to. That's a good point about the the noisiness of it all, and a person could get lost pretty. Yeah, because they're so they're so thirsty, they're so hungry mm-hmm. for it, and so you know they're very um, um, susceptible. Right. Yeah. And all roads don't lead <laughs> to the same place. What's so great about Buck? Uh, you know, um, with the especially like the last video he did with the Snafflebit video. I mean, he's. I mean, everything is not there, but everything is there. I mean, you can't put everything there, but there is a pattern mm-hmm. that you that was- need to understand that fits a horse mm-hmm. that goes through the progressions of you know the the laterals and the um, longitudinals and putting all that together. And, and he even does some roping on the video, showing a horse having a job. Um, learning this process um, is something that people can, you know, study and it causes them to ask questions and they're not going to be around Buck all the time. And so there's that need to have someone they can come to who is more connected to that process. Um, and uh, that's what we're trying to do to help that's people. Cool. You know, it's more like being available for, um, you might call it a lesson, I just told, I told Buck, I, I'm not going to be a clinician. And if you catch me being a clinician, you can shoot me. Uh, but it's a, it's a fine line between the two. Um, but um, Yeah, I mean, I, I share a similar sentiment as you in the sense that teaching clinics always seems like such a big, you know, a big responsibility. But on the other hand, I don't know that do we want to discourage everyone from doing little group lessons, you know, I don't know about that. I think especially in areas where it's needed. I think the bottom line is, is respecting and honoring the people that brought you to the dance. And, um, you know, I have so much respect for Buck. I'm going to always err on caution. I don't want to disrespect what he's done. And I don't begin to think that I'm all that to where, you know, I'm going to hang my shingle out. <laughs> but um, I, like Buck said, you know, be absolutely sure about what you do know and you can share what you do know. So that's how I feel about it. You know, I'm, I'm willing to share the things I do know and I'm not willing to go beyond that. That's the magic. That's the magic formula, right? And I'm going to always point back to Buck. Right. That's what I was just telling him that the other day, too. I don't want it to be you. You're I'm you. I'm <laughs> not going to ever pass Buck because he <laughs> gets better every day. I do, too. But he's way out there. You know? <laughs> so, you know, he'll always be the guy that I'm following, chasing. That's a, I think that's one of... Um, you know, that's one of my criteria of people that I will champion, you know, and as, as we move forward, I think as someone who hasn't, who is 
continuously learning, right? And particularly someone that's continuously going back to, you know, the teacher um, to to stay on the straight and narrow and to stay to stay close to the source, you know, even as you um, branch out and become your own artist. I think for me, it's important. Um, I always respect someone who's continuously learning and developing their own horses as well. And that's a discipline, as you know, right? Like, especially when you get a business going or multiple businesses, if you have another job. Um, and then to be like, okay, but I'm still developing a few horses. Yeah, but you take that, what brought, because you're successful at other things, you take those same success principles and you bring it to the horse. And and then you got to add a little something different, um, you know, feel, uh, <laughs> you know. Heart and soul, blood, sweat, tears. <laughs> But it's not so much, I mean, like I'll compare it to orthopedics or medicine. Um, there, there are mechanical things you learn to do. You know, you have to read the book. You have to understand the anatomy. You have to then, um, different approach um, to do a certain procedure. Now, there's some feel to that because, you know, don't cut that. Um, how, how, how you, how you retract tissue with respect and there's, and there, there's an art part of it that you are an artist creating something out of something that's destroyed to make it, um, more functional. Oh my gosh. Wait, go back though. What did you say? Retract tissue? What does that mean? Well, I mean, you have to, um, as you, you can retract tissue, spread tissue apart to um, um, retract it so you can see what you're doing. You can do it with respect or you can do it um, maybe not as uh, with as much feel as you could have. And uh, I think it makes a difference in the outcome of the surgery. In other words, what you're trying to say is you can either just hack someone open or you can very... You can be an artist. I got it. Okay. And then music, um, you know, because my background, mm. um, you know, that's a kind of a lot more like the horsemanship because there's the technicality of playing chords and chord progressions and uh, learn how to sing better. But the feel of um, having a lot of people say I write songs or, you know, but then there are songs that they just match the chord progression and um, the uh, the words and the, the the beat of the song matches the words and the feel of the song and the emotion of it and that boy that that becomes art and that's and take that and put that in um, you know hyperdrive and that's horsemanship done well um, you know it's 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 um, nothing like it nothing like it agree you learn all the mechanical things you know mm -hmm. you start you know the horse journey and if you're fortunate you know you you feel well there's a mechanical thing i have to do i have to, I have, to uh, I have to learn this and i have to learn that and learn that and those things um just the mechanical things um come a little quicker but then you start realizing that you've got um, a communication problem with the with this animal you're riding and you're not speaking the same language um so you've got to 
you keep adding layers to it as you go through your journey and you, and as you go along, you find out, you know, less and less. And, um, and then that's when the door opens to learn, you know? So when you got into horses, did, was it really apparent to you that there was that unconscious artistic element like right away or was it a little bit farther down the line? No, I, I um, in 1996, I was asked to be the orthopedic surgeon for the Olympics. And I'd say, I'd so cool. go anywhere. They, they, they give you an assignment. They gave me the horse part. I didn't ask for the horse part. God, the part. universe. <laughs> you know, so God put me in the horse park. And I thought, how many doctors are for the horse park? All these athletes, one, you. But they were like all these psychiatrists, and massage therapists, and everybody in the world for the horses. <laughs> I mean, I was the one, one physician. There were like thousands of professionals for the horses. I thought, oh, that's something else. So every day I would go out there and watch the horses. I'd walk around, I had nothing else to do. And I just watch and I was just kind of, I just kind of was amazed. I mean, when I grew up, you know, my sisters, a couple of my sisters wanted horses. My dad, they went through the horse phase, got them a horse. And um, I didn't ride too much until my little sister got a horse. And um, it was supposed to be some kind of wild barrel racing crazy horse. And then <laughs> She rode it a little bit for maybe a, a year, and then it just sat down there in the stall, and we didn't mess with it. And I went out west for a trip when I was 15 years old uh, with my brothers and came back home. I had a cowboy hat, some boots, and I was 15 years old. And I said, I'm going to ride a horse. So I never didn't know anything about anything about a horse. I just went down there, got the blanket, put it on there, put the saddle on there, Somehow or another got the bit in it and took off. And for about two weeks, I cantered and rode that thing and trotted it all over the hills and down. And, everything. and then when I got done, somebody said, you didn't get bucked off? I said, no. <laughs> and then then I, I discovered girls and I quit riding. Yeah. Sometimes that happens to girls too. They discover boys and they quit riding. And so I didn't ride again until um, 1998. And then through that Olympic experience, I said, came home, told Nancy, you know, we need to get some horses. We need to sell our, our big house and, and, and get some land and, and, uh, and, and have some horses. And she said, where did you put my husband? Where is he? <laughs> and, um, and then at that point in time, I called a friend of mine and I said, hey, um, we need some horses. And um, I'd like to get five horses, you know, one for each girl and one for Nancy and one for me. And so he went up to this, you know, um, sale barn, which was, you know, not that great. He bought five <laughs> horses. We all bought saddles and we got on them. And I don't know why nobody got bucked off, but nobody did. We just kind of survived. Grace Nancy, of God. <laughs> yes. Nancy got kicked three times by another horse while she was oh. riding the first time. So she wasn't too excited about it, but that went along for a little while and all they were doing trail riding. And I said, I'm going to quit this. Um, but I heard about this guy who was doing a clinic. And um, so they told me, and I said, well, I don't need that. I said, but my wife, <laughs> my daughter, she probably, they probably need it. 
So I put them in the trailer and hauled them over there. And they went to the clinic. And the first day, Nancy came home and she said, oh, darling, I have found your passion. You are going to eat this up. So I have found it. So what is it? It's this horsemanship stuff. That's, you got to come tomorrow afternoon. So I came over there. And when I just saw what they were doing, um, I said, I was just, I was amazed. Now, okay, so the video cut out just a tiny bit. Was that a buck clinic? No, it was not a buck clinic. Okay. Uh, it was a, a guy named Bob King. Okay, so this is what Buck had told me. Okay, Bob King. Yeah, got Bob it. King. And so after that, I started pursuing it. And then we got rid of those older horses, gotten other horses. And then I figured it was all coming from Buck Brandon. So I said, okay, I got to find out where this guy is. And I got to watch him. So I drive up to Travel's Rest, South Carolina, and I'd ride up there and Kip had just started working for him. And uh, Kip Flatland. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't had I didn't know anything. So he saw me standing there. He came up and got my money. And <laughs> uh and I saw Buck riding around and after about 30 minutes, I said to myself, that's what I want to look like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna where he is, I'm gonna figure out how to chase him around. And so that's when it started. That's... I didn't go to a clinic of Bucks until I had um, um, Bob King was putting a clinic on in um, um, Cochise, somewhere in Arizona. I forgot the town. Uh, and I drove all the way out there to it. And I met some friends out there. And, um, and um, but then I started going to like two a year, then three a year, then four a year, and then, you know, ended up meeting some people and buying a ranch in Nebraska, which we had for about 15, 16 years and started ranch here. And um, just one thing led to the next. And here I am. It's amazing how it's amazing how fast time flies. But I would be curious, what did, what was it about the horsemanship that Nancy knew would be your thing? Like, what was there? Did she ever verbalize that? Probably have to ask her, but I think I could answer it for her. Um, I mean, I love animals, you know, and and I've always been interested in horses. And so when we got the horses and we had that, you know, a couple a year and a half or so where we were trying to figure out if horses were going to be a part of our life. I made comments like, gosh, it's so good for me. I'm through the busy day surgery and I go out there on the farm because uh, my family had some land. And uh, once I get on that horse, I like after about 10 minutes, as long as I stay on that horse, I just don't have any worries or any concerns. I'm just good. And sometimes I don't want to get off because like jumping back into the fire. So she said, well, I hate to, you know, kind of encourage you to do this because I know what you're going to do. You do with everything you, so <laughs> I go crazy about it. You know? So, so but she, she's to blame. So. That's so cool. Well, we appreciate she that. She actually rode for a while uh, and then she had a little accident and then she just didn't want to ride anymore. It's, it's unfortunate how swiftly that can happen. I always, with new people, I always say just if you're interested in horses, if you're excited about it, 
that's one of the things I feel like is so important at the beginning that we get people to folks who know how to keep them safe for a long enough time that they build up enough credits within themselves. Then if they have a little accident, it's not the end of the world, but it's really important who you're around at the beginning so that you mm -hmm. can have enough credits in the bank for yourself. So you don't lose your confidence. Yeah. If, if, if they will listen to you. <laughs> well, some people, I think this goes back to your point though, about needing boots on the ground everywhere. And there are more all the time, right? Where people can get with somebody skilled enough that, that they know the basics so that they're not going against the horse's nature, which is then inevitably going to be a, a disaster. Well, that's about it's caring about the horse mm -hmm. and caring about people. Right. So they end up having a good experience mm -hmm. and, and they are able to pursue the journey for a long time. And I think some of the times that's having people help them, you know, find the right horse for them too at the right time. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Because yeah. the horse that you have at the beginning might not be the horse, you know, that you yeah. need. I tell you a funny story. Uh, so uh, I got these horses um, 1990, no, in 2000. I decided, well, somebody told me that the Sixes Ranch has these great horse program. So I, I went out there with some people and I went to, to sail at the Pitchfork and I came home with um, nine horses. Nine? Nine. Uh, I think it was nine, maybe it's seven. It was a lot of horses. And so then I bred them, the mares, I bred them to, actually, it was uh, um, Tucker, Tang Tucker, the um, singer? country music singer. Uh -huh. okay. And um, she had a stud, um, Jesse Raytari, and it was here in Georgia. And so I bred them to the cutting stud. All of them? Yep. And <laughs> oh, so I had no. them. Oh, no. I, so I started these horses and one was out of a dual pep. And so I, I had some a friend here that had been riding with Peter Campbell, kind of helped me start my first two horses. I never started a horse before. I just said, show me how to start a horse. And I got in the round corral. He, he, he was on the side of the round corral. He told me what to do. I started two horses, you know, and I just assumed they're all going to go that good, you know? And so, so uh, then this one horse though, um, was, was, uh, I was going to start him, uh, and he's a dual pep and he, he was like the sixth horse I'd started. But when I got on him, he was so light. Mm. Uh, it scared me, you know? Oh yeah. Scared me because he was mm -hmm. so light, you know? And I think it was probably, I did, had, I got, maybe I got a little bit better after five, five cults I started like this you know <laughs> that's like me we're like experts for yeah, sure <laughs> so, so this so he was he actually I got about maybe 10 rides on him and I was just he was like I afraid he was gonna just go out from under me he was so light and so fast so I decided I need to sell him because he's too much for me so I put him up for sale and some gypsies came to the ranch uh, and I thought well this is gonna be interesting you know see them 
they got, brought their saddle, put them in. I thought they were going to get bucked off and leave, you know. And they they saddled him, put their rode around on him like there was nothing to it. Just you know, just they, they like they were buckaroos or something. And I'd already priced them at twelve hundred dollars. They loaded them up, took them away. And I thought to myself at that point in time, I said, you know, I'll never do that again. I said I probably let the best horse I'll probably ever have in my life go because hey. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, it's kind of funny. But the gypsies got a gray horse. They never Unavoidable. Asked, they never even asked for the papers. <laughs> he probably pulled a cart or something. Oh, man. Wow. Do you have any of those uh, horses still? The ones that you started with? I have. Yes, I have one. I have one. He's uh, 20 years old. Yeah. I, I think I know his name. But I, oh. No, that's Rawhide. Rawhide, yeah. His name, his name is Doc. He's oh, a, okay. Uh, oh, okay. I was thinking Rawhide's the one that I get to come rope on, right? The oh, yeah. safe one. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's a bomb. bomb yeah, that's what I need. He really is bomb proof. <laughs> you know, I thought about selling him. We talked about it today. And I said, he's a kid's horse. And then we were talking, well, you probably couldn't get much for him. Somebody ought to pay $50,000 for him mm -hmm. because it's like a, you know, health insurance. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I was, I was getting one of the things I was going to ask you is who, what horse are you the most excited? Cause I know Pete. So mm -hmm. Pete is, it was Pete your first bridal horse? No, he's second. So, okay. I, I, use that, I use that term loosely. Well, now that I'm a little further along. What are we going to do? We have to use some language, right? I know. Well, you know. All I can say is I'm probably the slowest person to make transitions into the next step. Um, and and um, I have to blame Buck on this. My first bridal horse, he said, go ahead. You know, go ahead, put, it, put it in two right. And the next one, he, he said, yeah, you should go ahead and put it in two right. You know? That's and what he always I, does to me, too. I, I'm knew, like, oh. I knew I wasn't. I knew I wasn't ready, but anyway, so this, so the next one is, is Kitty. And, uh, um, you know, I, I forever was in the staff a bit. And finally, um, a couple of guys and Buck came to me and said, why are you telling the staff? I said, <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to tell me to go in the holes all close. I don't want to be a cheater or pretender, you know, um, although, you know, maybe I am, but, but it, I don't want to be one, so I want to make sure. But the condition of your heart is what makes you a cheater or not a cheater. Yeah, I think I, I just don't want to be a pretender. But uh, but but Kitty is uh, she? I would say that she's the one. She's she's an amazing horse. And how old is she now? She's uh, turning seven. Seven. I didn't start her. I, I started when she was two years old. She got hurt, and then uh, we didn't ride her for. A year then i then i started her again and then she got hurt again and she was six months before i could even do anything with her so i waited a year so i really started riding her when she was four and a half wow so when and you brought her to dayton to the I dayton did. clinic I started her in dayton i did okay that do you want to tell do you want to tell the story about the fence do you want to tell it no i don't want to tell it <laughs> I, the story about the fence I tell it in a way that makes me look a lot better than when. 
<laughs> That's why you should tell it. And so mine is the truth. So, <laughs> so I was, it was, a, it was the corner of the arena and somebody had put a panel so it wasn't a corner. You know, so a panel across the corner. Just and one panel like there. Yeah, yeah. Zip ties. I didn't realize that zip ties have been there for 30 years. So, <laughs> this is the indoor arena at the Columbia County Fairgrounds in Dayton. Yeah, just pulling them up beside us, you know, and that was going good. Everything's good, you know, and, um, you know, and I was sitting on her and then getting off and sitting on her getting off. And so I went sit on her and something, she kind of moves away a little bit and I held on to the the panel, and when she pulled, well, the pan the zip ties broke. And so we were falling to the right. I could have jumped and gone back to the panel and the panel fell on me and I might have gotten hurt, or I could have just gotten on the horse and just kind of rode away. So I figured getting on the horse seemed safer to me. So I just got on the horse and, and everything was just doing good. We were getting our first ride. It was inside. That was the good Bender and I hear this, Madman from the from the round for yelling at me, get off, get off, get off. So I said, Why? She's doing fine. You know, get off, get off. So I jumped, got off. So that was was good how that worked out. I, I mean, she good. was good about yeah. it, but but I just trust Buck. He told me to get off, so I got off. Well, I don't argue unless it's on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And because you were the better golfer for a long time. Well, I won't comment. <laughs> that was the problem, actually, that year is you were kind of beating him a lot on the golf course. Well, and then I, it was payback. It has been said, I'm too sexy for my clubs. Oh my God. <laughs> That's why you have to have these metallic cat horses, right? So that. That's, they <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, um, or. I will argue with him when he tries to pretend to be a doctor. <laughs> he says he has a degree, you know. Oh, right. He does have an honorary degree, though. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so with that being said, I'll tell a, a couple of cute stories. I'll make them quick. Um, so the first time Buck wanted me to operate on him, um, he had a little, it was a minor procedure, but he, he had to go to sleep. And while he was going to sleep, I got to know he's he's very much one being controlled. Me too. Yes. Yeah. So as he was going to sleep, you know, kind of that droggy thing where you're going to, you're going to sleep, I leaned over to him and I said, I am now in control. <laughs> and he, he was going to sleep and he woke up like he's going to <laughs> back up, you know. So that was kind of funny. That's mean. He, woke up and he was kind of like, so so fast forward another i don't know six years this june i don't know he, he uh, i guess i can say he, he tore his meniscus you know so we had to do a little my scope on him uh and so while he was uh going to sleep um he said he says billy billy come here come here <laughs> i have something to tell you he says uh, you know, Billy, he's been one of my best students. I think it's, I think it's time for me to tell him the secret to horsemanship. <laughs> come closer, come closer. <laughs> Timed it up with the, an anesthesiologist that as soon as he said that, he was given the juice. Oh! He said, come closer, come closer. He says, the secret is 
Nice. So he, he had a big time with that. Uh-huh. Paybacks. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, well, how? I'd say we're back to the kitty. I'd say she's the best horse I've had, but but I'm, 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 I love the metallic cat thoroughbred crosses that I have. Um, and we crossed um, metallic cat to um, Pete's mama this last time and got a really nice mare. And then um, the uh, Fultz family who owned metallic cat sold him. And I had um, two more breedings. And when they, when they transferred him, when he was sold for some amazing amount of money, they didn't transfer my two breedings. So when I called them, they had no record of it. Oh, so, I no. Called, so I called her and I'll tell you what, she's a, she's a great girl. They're, they're a great family. They're, they're, they're the best. She said, well, how would you like to have four breedings to metallic cat's son? Um, so St- Stevie Ray Vaughan, I think is the name. Okay, so for those of you who are listening that are they're not, maybe not necessarily um, cow horse people, um, but surely you've heard of Metallic Cat, but if you have not, YouTube him and you will see some pretty rad cow working. Yeah, now Buck's got a stud out of a Metallic Cat. Mm-hmm. Now he's, um, I guess, campaigning, you might say. But, mm-hmm. but um, so they're... That athletic horse, you know, athletic ability of the guapo horse, yeah, athletic ability um, with the thoroughbred, and and I, I, this is not me, you know, Buck recommended to me. He said we were sitting here one day. He said, you know, uh, I said I don't, I like to breed a metallic cat. He says you ought to buy some a thoroughbred. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, and and put the thoroughbred back to the court horse. Mm -hmm. So I got. Charlie Lepresti, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. And we went to sell together and we bought a few thoroughbreds and that's when we started doing that. And how and are the, those babies are how old now? Um, so that's Kitty. That's, so they're uh, coming up seven, coming up six. Oh, okay. Uh, four uh, and coming up two. Okay. And we've got four more breedings left. Wow. That's a lot of horses. It gets to be a lot. So we got to start breeding or selling or doing something. <laughs> Just kind of keep collecting them. Like I know. And dogs. You know. Yes. Yes. So one of the things I wanted to know from you is, so you got into this horse deal and as you're going along, was there anything in particular that really kind of surprised you? As, as you started to really study horsemanship? Yeah, how difficult it was. Was that really a surprise? Well, I kind of thought, you know, it wasn't going to be that hard. But, <laughs> you know, I was naive. You know, I didn't know. Um, but uh, how hard it was. Yeah, how much I had to uh, reach down mm-hmm. in here to get it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just, uh, you know, I, I, I first read um, Tom Darns' book and I thought this guy's from some other planet, you know, the way he's talking, you know, and I just put it down after about two chapters, you know, and, and now, you know, 18 years later, going back to it, 
I'm saying, man, I understand so much more of this than I did before. Um, you know, it's just a, it's an intuitive way of thinking. You know, it's um, um, it, what's amazing is that you can, as you get better and better at this, or more, more feel, or getting better at fitting a horse, just the things you feel that you never felt before. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> and how that changes. Um, just how you approach a horse, just, just reaching for a horse. Gosh, I reach for a horse so much different than I did when I first started. Um, it's just, uh, it, I, it's just hard to put it in words that, that, you know, feel, what is that? You just say feel and, um, it's just hard to put it in words. And I, I think that the, the interesting, well, one of the things that should be noted is as we get to that unconscious component and that soul thing, um, and Buck's mentioned it before, all the greats really have mentioned it. Buck's a good, does a good job of championing it. And yet I still feel like our community doesn't always listen is that it, it is, it has to be unique. So you cannot compare yourself to someone else. Mm-hmm because it's your, the very, the very reality of having feel or having a communion between you and a horse requires a bearing of souls. And there's, there's no way to, I can't compare that to you. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think at first, but uh, I think it's human nature to compare yourself. Um, At first, I think you can get caught up in that because you want so bad to be better and then you see someone else who's excelling and you think mm. you have a tendency to compare yourself, but that, is, that didn't last very long for me. I, I just wanted to, you know, I'm on my own road, my own journey, um, and just stay the course. And then we're fortunate. I think we're fortunate enough to have the relationship and with Buck and also, to be under his um, teaching uh, with somebody who's, you know, uh, really um, pursued it in depth. Mm-hmm. He's uh, been true to the horse from the very beginning. He's never, um, you know, jumped off there on the commercial trail. Um, he's never cheapened this at all. He's been true to it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for sure, to have someone like out ahead being very clear that that is the most important thing. Yeah, and, and right? you know, and these guys like Tom Darnts and you know, they're, they're they were just geniuses. You know, they're um, and they thought of things. Of course, they read the old masters, but they also just you know had tremendous feel back to a horse and really the horse was the teacher mm-hmm. absolutely this uncanny ability um like a, a michelangelo or leonardo vinci on a horse to be able to be receptive enough to learn from the horse what the horse needed for them to be able to fit them um mm-hmm. and I, you know ray hunt said it all the time fit the horse um it's a simple statement, but uh, it strikes 
to the heart of it. And again, that's going to mean that our results look different because if you have Kitty and her breeding and her style and her, you know, vibe, and I have Zorro and his breeding and his style and his vibe and how it looks for me to fit him is going, you know, and me and what I'm like, right, is, is a different deal. And so yeah, it is. I, I totally agree with you. It, the, the principles are there, but, you know, it's just like Buck says about this. Um, he says, okay, I want you to do a slow walk, a fast walk, a trot, back to a slow walk. So, so you need to figure out, I could tell you what I do to make that horse <laughs> yeah. do that. But then if, if I told you what I did, it might not fit you. You got to figure out what mm -hmm. you do. Right. Um, and that, that means you got to reach down deep. You know, you got to think about things and, you know, some people aren't built that way. Some people are. And even for those of us, I think I'm built that way naturally. And it's still hard. It's really hard. One of the even things, it, even though you're built that way, it doesn't make it easy. Right. But you, but you definitely have, um, you, you're, you're, you have a pathway though. Yeah, I suppose predisposed to it. One of the things that was hard for me, and this is part of the reason I want to do this podcast. Um, but one of the things that was hard for me when I, when I got to a certain stage where you can't really talk about the mechanics anymore. Well, I mean, you can, but that doesn't serve you. Do you know what I mean? So the, the, the transition between talking about kind of specific universal things to this art form that, that you're now turning loose to, then it was like, oh no, I don't have any friends to talk to about all this stuff now. Because the framework for talking about it is different, right? Right. Because then you might sound like that um, you think you know it all. Or you're, or you're, I mean, it's just people, some people just don't want to think that deep about things. That's true. Right. It's true. But there are some simple things, um, you know, just like one of the first thing Buck teaches people is well, one rain stop. Mm -hmm. um, but he's, you know, some people said, you know, you're killing, you know, the energy in a horse by doing that. Um, no, I'm engaging one hind at a time. Leg at a time, yeah. I'm teaching the horse collection, the basics of collection. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm getting control of his feet. Yeah. So, you know. Well, that's the cool part. It's an amazing concept. You know, when I first heard feel, timing, and balance. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm, feel time about uh, just it means about, nothing at first, nothing at all. And, <laughs> and I see guys that come here that work for me and they're learning the horsemanship. And I, and I say, Well, now when you do that one rain stop, you need to get feel, you know, feel when to ask for the hind to come underneath. And it's like Greek, you know, it's like a foreign language. Um, and it and was for me too. 
but mm -hmm. I never thought, you know, uh, when Ray Hunt was said, you, you know, feel where the feet are, and then Buck, you know, reinforced that. I thought, gosh, it's going to be forever before I can actually feel that. But it takes a commitment. It takes time. You know, it's like you can't, if you're not riding a horse three times a week, probably not going to progress a whole lot. But, yeah, two, I would say, is your minimum. Yeah. If you're really consistent, like if you're truly putting in a hundred rides a year. Well, good. I'm glad you said two. I'm going to, I'm going to feel better now. <laughs> well, I mean, but it can't be two four weeks out of the year, right? No. It has no. to be two well, rides, 52. Clinic, I, I've signed up for the clinic. I'm going to ride for two weeks and then <laughs> ride the clinic and then I'll wait to the next clinic yeah. and ride for two weeks. For that. And if you have a nice horse and you're safe, heck. But you know, the other thing about it is, uh, it's also a great community. So mm -hmm. some people, you don't have to be the person who is going to just pursue this and, you know, have a snaffle bit and basal and two rain and straight up. You might be somebody who just loves the community and maybe you just ride your horse, you know, four or five times a month and have a, you know, a decent snaffle bit horse, but be a part of the community and care about horses and engage, uh, you know, just in good fellowship. That's great okay. too. Absolutely. Um, fresh air and horse hair, right? Plus the yeah. gear is great. You know? Oh my God. Shopping. You guys all with the shopping. <laughs> I kind of was hoping you would be in your saddle room so you could show. I, you know, I don't have any Wi-Fi there. I am right. right. Elon so, Musk is coming. With the, with the Starlink. We just got it. Did Kip tell you? Oh, no. Yes, we got the beta testing of the Starlink. So yeah. it'll... So I can go, I can have it in my saddle drop? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, not right this second, but in a year, probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're putting up like a gajillion satellites every two weeks, I guess. But it totally works at our house. There's little bits of latency, but it's coming to the saddle room. So then we'll do a... I, but I, this other thing is, is I think the the best thing about the journey with the horse is maybe a better me. Um, you know, it's it's very humbling, very humbling. Yeah. So tell me what you thought about that clip from that I sent you. So I don't know which podcast is going out first or what order listeners are listening, but I got to um, sit down with Buck. It was really fun um, in December or November of 2018. And it is now November of 2020. And that I- That was I, in 2018? No, 19, just last year. Oh, 19, okay. Yeah. Just, just a year ago. But I haven't published it yet, but I sent you, you are the first one to get the- the Billy yeah. Money clip, yeah. So, what'd you think? Uh, I was uh, very humbled. Um, very kind words by him. Um, it's like, um, what's that? The old guys on Saturday Night Live. We are not worthy. We are not worthy. <laughs> Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World, right? That's where I feel. You know, it's. Um, it's this. It's a very humbling um, journey. Um, it's like the day, you know. I, I, I heard Buck say this before. This is the worst ride I've ever put on put on a horse in a long time. I, I put a, I put the worst ride I put on a horse in a long time today. And it, it's you, you're never you're never there. 
you're always pursuing it. And it's, uh, it's up and down, up and down. I just trust if I can look back on my journey, that, that the slope is always going up, even though there are some dips in it. Um, mm -hmm. But the great thing about um, like this new, I go back to that tape, the, you know, the, the, the snaffle video mm -hmm. um, is that if you've, if you've got that down, you understand the progressions. When you do screw up, you know, you mm -hmm. know where to go back to, to build sure. it back. You know, I'm, I'm pos it's possible that I could screw up the soft feel of my horse at a walk, <laughs> but I know how to get it back. Sure. Because I've got to go back. I got to go, I have to go, might have to go back three steps to get it. Mm -hmm. And then I learned something about what I did to, to lose it. And so you're always gaining, but you just have to always keep that kind of attitude that, that you ain't all that. No, well, that's for sure. And it's like putting all these spinning plates, you know, going and you have to attend to different plates as you're progressing you and your horse, right? Through the curriculum. I think you say progressions and I tend to refer to it as a curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, but some people I, I notice, and I've done this in, in the past, this is one of the things I wish I could give to the people, the newer folks, you know, is like, don't worry if you forgot something or if you, if you are like, oh my gosh, I need to attend to my hindquarter yield being a little bit better, or I need to practice the second method of yielding the hindquarters a little bit more. Why haven't I been doing that? It's like, well, you can't do everything all at once. You and you just, right. You just handle the salient things as they come along and eventually the picture will smooth out yeah if somebody thinks that they can you know start this and go to a few clinics and in about two years they're they're ready to teach people or something like that is absolutely crazy i mean it took me 26 years to be a doctor you know 26 I'm, years what are you including kindergarten grammar school <laughs> college medical school residency fellowship Okay, then you get okay can I ask you a quick question about residency? Yeah. So did you guys really work like 36 hours straight? Oh, yeah. I don't understand that. How is that a... How do you not kill people after being awake 48 hours? Drink a lot of coffee and you're so hepped, hepped up with the adrenaline mm -hmm. that you are... You're sharp. That was even before Adderall, right? Yeah, it's not good to do that. They, they change the rules. They say they change the rules. But, Talk yeah. about hardcore. That was but yeah, it's a good point. Years. Difficult years. <laughs> so what were we saying before you said that? Well, so I was just talking about the curriculum. And as you're attending to different things along the way, I have, a, I have kind of an interesting um, horse right now that I just got this, this really cool warm blood. She has it really looks like an offness. Like she's a super short strided with her right hind leg just randomly when she comes out sometimes or she'll just throw it in there. But I look at her leg and it works fine. And she, if she drop, if she drops to walk as she has this nice long reach, if you ask her to go a little more, she has this nice long reach. It looks man-made to me, but 
I wish it would just completely disappear, right? Because I'm really excited about this horse. But one of the things I was thinking when I came in the barn the other night is there's so many things that she does not do well yet. She's a very wonderful temperament, very safe horse, as safe as any horse can be. But she is stiff, you know, and she does not have a perfect hind quarter yield. Her lateral flexion is still a bit, I mean, I've only had her for two months or something like that, you know? So I just think of even just assessing this horse, you can't even assess a horse until you get some of these basic biomechanics smoothed out. Because if you're like, well, I can't reach a foot. I can't do this. I can't do that yet. Mm-hmm. you don't even have an idea of the picture. And yeah. I know just from being excited about this horse, like I want it to come together like really fast. And I remember wanting that, you know, when I was doing my first few horses, but you just can't, you can't, it, it, it just has to be laid brick by brick. You know? Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's where you learn patience, you know, it's even, even when you, it, is a horse you raised uh, and you had the best chance to, you know, to, to build the foundation correctly, you can still, you know, get ahead of yourself, you know, ask the horse to do something before they're mm-hmm. not prepared to do it. It's always kind of funny though, because you know, you know, you know, they can already do all this already without us. They do everything that we would ask them to do in the pasture. It's just that now we're asking them to do a dance, you know, with us. And so, you know, that's what they're trying to figure out. And then you add somebody else in there who maybe is not quite as knowledgeable as you are, or, and they've, they've messed with this horse and they've just, you know, unknowingly done something that's caused a, a problem in the mechanics of that horse. And, and it could be mental, could be physical. And that, that just, but that's a challenge to me. I think you learn a lot of things when you have a horse like that um, about yourself and also, you know, um, how to help that horse do that. And, and yes, and it teaches you patience. <laughs> sure, because you can't hammer it. I guess that's, you know, the thing, right, is you, you just can't hammer it together. Yeah, when you hammer it, you're going backwards. Right. You're going backwards. But when you get so excited, like we are, you know, right. then like I was telling um, Ben today, he's got one of my interns here and uh, he has you know, this music that plays on the Bluetooth and I was doing some canter work and he put on this really jazzed up song. I said, my writing and getting is getting worse with that jazzed up song. You need to get me something nice, nice melody because Either it's hyping me up or it's hyping my horse up, but you got it's not working for me. <laughs> so, so he put on something else that was nice, soft. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's a process. Well, th- so has there been, um, has there been anything that's really like, what's the worst thing that's happened? in horses with you? Mm. Oh, you know, I guess 
losing a horse, you know, foundering or, you know, or colicking or something like that. It's, that's, you know, something out of your control. That's kind of, okay, that's the worst. Hard on you as a doctor, not being able to fix it. Yes, yes. So we've had a couple of horses that have, you know, met the demise from situations like that, but um, had one horse that colicked and the vet was amazed. Um, she got turned around, didn't have surgery or anything. And it's one of our really nice horses here. Her name is Cindy. Um, but, you know, we have, we, we're very fortunate to have a great vet who lives just 20 minutes from us. Uh, so that's, that's fortunate. I don't know anything else, you know, I can't think of something bad. That's good. That's good then. Then all, all good. I would say, I would say one of the things for me, just as an example, um, has, has been, um, finding, finding a place in, in horsemanship land, um, through the threads of all the different communities, you know, that I've been, I've been a part of because finding soul, well, kindred spirits, I would say, is actually Buck and I were just talking about this the other day, um, how he was just saying that it, it was hard for him as well at times, but it's so worth it because now he has people that he, you know, that care about him a lot. And, and, and that's just important for me to look ahead, you know, and have a mentor that, that says that because, um, as you're finding your way to the art, to the kernel of the art, like having, choosing the, the people to be around in a safe place, that was hard for me. I would say that's one, that's probably one of the hardest things with. Yeah, I think, you know, um, with this, you know, horsemanship since I really started in like 98, maybe. Um, I've met some great guys, got great friendships. Um, heck, you know, I, um, I was, you know, able to buy a ranch in Nebraska and um, with um, a fellow Bobby Gordon. And I learned a lot about um, how to rope and handle cattle there, which made me want to have a ranch here. And um, I had a lot of great times and brandings there and, and here and people come visiting here just a great community. Um, I'd say all in all, it's been an amazing, amazing experience and the, the community of people. Um, I mean, it's always a few bad apples, even in medicine, uh, you're gonna have bad apples. But in, I'd say on the whole, a great bunch of people mm -hmm. uh, care about the same things and uh, um, are you know, willing to help each other. And when you find those people, it's like, it's so awesome because you're like, if, if you identify with the other horse lover, you know, I was like, look, we love the way they smell and the way they look and they're, when they're fuzzy and when they're slick and when like, you know, and like when them wiggling their ears, when you're sitting up there, like what's better than that? They, they're characters. They have personalities, you know, we, they, um, and they kind of buddy up to one another and mm -hmm. have their, you know, um, 
they're, you, they're, very, they're very different, very different. Yeah. And, and, and being able to bond with a prey animal like that, it's pretty cool. And then be able to do a job on like, I'm good at the bonding part, but, you know, I don't have as much of an opportunity to do a job as you guys do. And that's what's, you know, having a ranch here that, that there's a job of a horse to do that, that does, that does something to a horse. Yeah. It really, uh, it's really helped, uh, um, you know, it's really helped me in my horsemanship to have a job to do. But you have to be careful too, because I mean, I, I've I've gone into the trap of, you know, get home, you you got your medicine going on, you you got something to stick, and so you go out there and you hastily saddle something up and ride out there. You haven't really prepared your horse, and uh, and sometimes it gets a little, um, you get the job done, but it didn't look too pretty. It got a little Western. <laughs> a little Western on the horse. There, I remember one time Buck told me, he says, he says, hey, you know, you rope, you rope, you got pretty handy, but your horsemanship's kind of lacking. You look pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. I said, really? He says, yeah, really. I said, well, I need help then. You know? so, Good so. thing you're my teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you just don't realize sometimes you get so excited about what you're doing you don't realize some of the things you're not doing even mm. though you may be progressing that's what's great about having um friends and also someone like buck to that he's not afraid to point it out to you when you when you need it well you need an honest you need an honest teacher for sure right yeah and i think that's the thing you know um that we're trying to do here is i mean give some men, young women and men, because they have, they have the time and their, their careers, they don't have a job yet, an opportunity to be around this um, type of horsemanship and also do a job with a horse um, where they have a day-to-day -day, um, opportunity to ask questions and uh, to get some immediate feedback where they don't have to wait, you know, uh, three or four months to be able to go to sure. a clinic and then they're afraid to ask a question. That's what's so crazy to me is it bucks in a clinic, any questions and it's like nobody says a word. So everybody's afraid to speak up. So um, you pay a guy, you know, 800 bucks for a morning and you're not going to ask him a question. You Listen, you paid to ask questions. He, he's there to ask your question, to answer your questions. So I've uh, Put that out encourage people to ask questions buck wants to answer them yes exactly so and the other thing i would say if we're just talking about prepping to go to a buck clinic number one you're you always have the opportunity to impress him and yet you're never going to impress him mm -hmm. in the sense that Anyone, I'm speaking for him now, but I bet you will corroborate this. Anyone who is trying, if you're honestly trying to learn, that's impressive. I think that's probably always impressive, no matter what, what, what you're doing, right? If you're honestly there to learn and take in information and you're humble enough to like be trying your best, um, that's always going to be impressive. And then to the same degree, he was around Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt. So yeah. nobody's yeah. ever going to truly be impressive. 
and I don't want anybody to think that I've drank the Kool-Aid, you know, um, and, you know, this is some kind of a cult or something for Buck Brenneman. I mean, there's a lot of great um, horsemen that are out there um, that have nice horses and uh, they help people. Um, for me, though, you know, um, Buck uh, is a person that has done a lot of work to try to make it understandable about the progressions and what you need to have done first before you go to the next progression, the next progression, the next progression, to, to make sure that you have the, um, the best success with your horse. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's not, you know, information that's all over the place. It's very succinct. Mm -hmm. And that, that works for me as a physician. That's the way I think. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I, I think in algorithms, you know, do this, and if this happens, well, then you got to do this. Well, if that happens, you go down this line. If that happens, you go down this line. I just go down the algorithm. And so I like the way Buck thinks. He thinks to me in, in algorithms. Well, and the cool part about his deal is that he does have a very organized curriculum plus the feel and the philosophy at the, at, that overlays over the top, which is what we like. Plus we're his, you know, we love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, um, my confidence as a writer has gone up since you and I have become friends because I know Kip can always call you and be like, she's broken, fix her. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'll ride that horse, sure. I have, I've have, have gotten quite a few referrals from Buck all over the country. <laughs> I have cowboys flying in and operating on them, so um, you can handle it. We can handle but, it. Yeah, we can. yeah, yeah. Well, I know it's we've it's late there. What is it? Eight thirty there, probably, huh? Uh, let's see, uh, it is eight thirty-three. Yeah. I feel like we can keep going, but I'm good. You're good. You want to? I have more. I have more to talk about. Are you? You ready to roll for a little bit? Okay. Because two things. One of the things that I think about is, and your comment about the younger folks that you have coming in right now because they have the time. I think there's probably a lot of older folks. Um, and I just mean, you know, maybe, I don't know, 45 to 70, you know, older that, that have not actually been able to realize their dream of having riding lessons or, or doing something with their horse. And I don't think we have a very good way to bring those folks in and give them that opportunity. And I think it would be cool if we could think of, you know, think of that because I hear, I hear it a lot. Do you know what I mean? From, from people who I've always wanted to ride a horse. I have a client right now who's um, 70 something, you know, and, and he's like, I, I never did get to do that. I would love to do that. Well, I, I, I'll give you a good example. Um, I had a, um, his name is Gary Smith and he called me for three years in a row. And he said, I, I want to come work there. I'm, you know, I'm 64, I'm 65, I'm 66, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'd say, well, you're too old, you know, uh, and I'll got, you know, and of course, you know, he's, so finally I said, you know, Gary, come on down, you know, so 
he and his wife came down and three uh, years later three years later and they um they worked for about a year and then they had things changed for them so they moved to town but he still works for me part-time three days a week uh and he's on his journey yeah he actually he was a he was a a pastor who um retired from ministry um and uh help take care of his wife she had some health issues uh, but he's doing what he always dreamed of doing so that's so so that, cool. there's a lot of people out there i mean you know i wasn't that old when i started but i definitely was later in life uh before you know i wish i had done this when i was 20 or younger those of us who are counting on you to fix us are glad that you didn't <laughs> I got that going for me. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. There's a lot of people out there who maybe are just now, you know, who've always wanted to have a horse, uh, but never, you know, had the financial means or the time or a place. Now life has changed for them a little bit and, and they're looking to find a horse and Lord help them. <laughs> There's a lot of people that want to sell them a horse. And um, uh, yeah, and so I would say, take it from those of us who are, are in horses and reasonably experienced. Number one, I would say that is doable, right? You absolutely yeah. just need to get good advice and um, just, just make sure you're educated before you do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I think maybe not buying a horse immediately, you know, get around a, a safe lesson program. Go to a local sale barn. <laughs> and buy five. Like we did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. They were cheap. Yeah. Oh, geez. Were they really? I've heard some crazy sales in the South where you can buy nice and, horses. Or you get you buy horses been aced you know long acting ace they wake up two weeks later and, yeah you know so you never know that is that is true but we don't want to just tell people the horror stories that that oh the great stories um you know you you find a you know reputable people and find a good horse and then finding the horses is, is the beginning then it's being educated to know you know, how to be a good horseman, mm -hmm. um, being safe. Right. Safety, fun, artistry. Yeah. And so there's no sense, you know, learn to be safe. And that's why I, I, I keep promoting, you know, Buck, but the foundation classes he gives, that's all about safety. If you can't do it on the ground, you can't do it on the horse's back. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me, you know, we, we sponsor a clinic, and I, every time we've done a clinic, I always do, you know, we do foundation in the morning and horsemanship one in the afternoon. I have so many people, oh, I've ridden to that foundation two times. And I say, well, you know what? I've ridden one about 40 times and I'm riding everyone that I can ride in because every time I ride in one, I learn something different, something more. I get better. Um, you know, um, this is the first year we're going to have H1 in the morning and H one and a half in the afternoon or H, oh. or H, you know, but uh, <laughs> the foundation class, I believe that's the best class. Um, somebody who's 
going to get a horse, come to the foundation class, get the foundation videos, learn the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Enjoy. one of the things that would be cool. I think if Buck would do a foundation, he's going to say he already did. But another one would be would be cool. One. Yeah, another one. And and it's on the way. <laughs> it is hard. Like speaking from someone who's do you know doing videos, it's like, oh, it's, sometimes you just don't want to do it. You know. It's, well, he he has his people. Yes, that is that is true. He does, and uh, I like it when he's over here in Cal- in the California, Oregon area doing stuff. Speaking of which, so we are both going to be at a clinic. Now let's talk about what's happening in the present. So it is November 2020 week, Thanksgiving weekend. Okay, Bill, for just for us and for the future, we are all basically quarantined in our stupid lives right now. Oh my God. It's uh, crazy. It's hard to, um, um figure out the facts from the fiction as far as the coronavirus is concerned you know there are a lot of information about hospitals getting money they are getting money uh, there's a lot of false positive tests if you spend uh centrifuge it more than 35 times chance of a positive test is about 50 percent false positive um so I do believe that the, and if you just, you, when you say there are 7,000 new cases a day, that doesn't mean you have, that there are 7,000 cases of COVID. It just means it's a positive test. And there's a lot of false positive tests. There are tests, I mean, patients of mine have told me they've gotten lines and signed all the information, stand in line, they, they couldn't stand in line any longer, they went home and then they got a, um, a call saying that their test was positive. They never had their test done. Um, patients of mine say they go to a hospital. They, they had one fellow had a knee injury. They said, if you get the test, COVID test, and it's positive, you don't owe any, any money. Is that still happening right now? Or was that just happening in the beginning? No, that's three weeks ago. And um, so evidently the hospitals are getting money enough to where they're willing to forgive a $4,000 bill for a knee injury. So, and these are, you know, these are hearsay, you know, people have told me this. I have no way to substantiate these as facts, but I do hear this repetitively from different sources who are pretty reliable. So I don't know, it's very confusing and it makes everybody suspicious. Mm-hmm. Is there any way to get um, tests my dad and mom don't want to have Christmas unless we can get negative tests. Well, then how do you know they're negative? You know, how do you know they're positive? I mean, just, I'd say um, take some Plaquenil, uh, vitamin D, and zinc, uh, chelated zinc, and then uh, you're probably pretty well protected. And, and a mask, that is a religion now maskology and we need to, <laughs> need to big, build a big um, shrine like the God of Baal or something like that. Because I mean, the mask might work if everybody wore it correctly, 
but nobody wears it correctly. I do. Well, you're the one. <laughs> nobody wears it correctly. I see people with masks all day long. Nobody. Uh, they, wear they wear it like this, and then every once in a while they go like this. <laughs> that. <laughs> whatever the the thing is i think he's gonna be here it's all gonna be okay we're gonna get through this and end of the day we're all right and meanwhile what one of the cool things i think that could come out of it is horses and horsemanship is one of the 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 things on the on the list that we can you know we can do and we can even do together and be safe and we you know. don't have to wear a mask when we ride our horses. Mm. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so, right? Unless, wearing. unless we're all in a. Yeah, I don't wear one. Of so course not. Riding, not outside. No. 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 So, just another example of how horses are uh, a universal good, good for the psyche. That's right. So that was another one of the things I wanted to talk about, because can you put your finger on why horses, I mean, we know it, right? That horses are good for humanity. Can you put your finger on why? Yeah. Because the creator made them for us to enjoy. And so he made the horse to fit a man. And he made man to fit a horse because he gave us dominion over these animals. And he made that relationship work. He knew we would enjoy it. He designed us to enjoy it. We just didn't know how enjoyable it would be until we started understanding more about them. One of the greatest things that ever happened. Um, what's the um, biomechanic, uh, the, the lady um, who studies the mechanics of the horse? Um, Deb Bennett? Yes. She, she is amazing because, you know, you can talk about all these progressions, but when you understand the anatomy and the mechanics of the horse and why it mm -hmm. works, how they're uniquely created, you know, there's an, a, a, an amazing design. Um, and then you, then you, then you say, okay, now, now I understand why you got to get lateral first. Now I understand why you, you, you got to have, you know, how you get collection. You know, all these things have to work together. You know, and and she's done an amazing body of work to support that. But in short, because we have the same creator, he fit us together. They're just different. They're not a dog. Although mm -hmm. my dog is barking outside. Trying to they are? Do you have a wiener dogs? Bring them in. I well, want to see. Well, uh, um, Ben, go get Leroy. Yay. <laughs> I've never seen him in video. Well, actually, you did. We're both wiener dog fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Leroy, Leroy, he's a mess. He, does, it, does he hang out with the horses? He can, he'll stay there at the barn just waiting for us to give him. He does. Him. He likes to uh, go get rocks and bring them to us. Really? Yeah, he loves rocks. And he also, right now, he's attacking the turkey. He's killing the turkey right now. Hey, Leroy. Come oh, on. my gosh. Let's see the dog. 
And then we'll talk about why dogs and horses are different. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Say hello to everybody. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. Where's your turkey? Go kill that turkey. Oh my gosh. It makes me want to get another one. Kip's shaking his head like, no more. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's hard to describe for people. I always think of like the difference. I always feel like I'm, I'm my dog's parent. You're your dog's parents. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm their protector. I'm the, you know, but with horses, I don't feel that way. Even though we refer, like I still like I'm so-and-so's mom, but that's not what I think. The difference there. You're, you're the kind of like, I don't know how you would say. Peers. That's what it feels like. More like a peer relationship with with the horse than it's different. You know what I mean? Taking care of a dog is is, is like and, and the other big difference is that they're bigger. <laughs> they're much, <laughs> much more expensive. <laughs> well, everything is manifest so hugely on them. I was thinking about that with Davina, you know, my big warm blood. She's, she's so big. And I, and then I look at her and her expression and her whole affect is just magnified. But when they canter, there's about a minute and a half between each stride. So I love it. You're doing fly lead changes. Is you got a little more time to think about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Nathan and I have been doing, you know, we got to um, ride together for 10 weeks this spring and we have, well, he is doing an amazing job, but I got to be the eyes on the ground for um, developing some flying changes in a really flat quarter horse. It was so cool because mm-hmm. that is a, that is a puzzle in and of itself. How did you get stuck on the quarter horses when you started at the Olympics with all the beautiful warm bloods? Well, I guess I always want to be a cowboy, you know, so... And, you know, I was in, I was, um, really one of the things that motivated me is that I was um, trying to decide whether I was going to quit being an orthopedic surgeon and uh, go to na- back to Nashville and record again. Really? Yeah. So I was doing some recording um, with Charlie Daniels band. And um, so uh, Charlie, Charlie's producer wore a big old hat and Charlie did. And I had a place out in, um, Steamboat, Colorado, and I had a place in um, uh, Breckenridge. And um, so there's a guy that made some hats there called um, in uh, Fairplay, Colorado. So I, I bought a few hats, you know, and so I was, and I said, you know what, if, I, if I'm going to start writing again, I need to get some, you know, some, some, I don't want to be just a hat. I need some real earthy things about me. You know, and I grew up working on a farm and whatnot. I need to ride a horse or, do something, you know, that's real. Yeah, so that's right. That's kind of, that was kind of the other story going on behind all that. And so. Mm-hmm. I, I think did, that's. I didn't, I didn't do the country music thing. I've turned it down. Wait a minute though. Cause you've been recording some stuff, right? Yeah. But, I, but, you know, we were, we were given a, an opportunity um, for a contract and, um, but um, we had to make a choice between orthopedics and that. So we decided to. We being you and Nancy? 
made yes. that decision? Well, she would have done anything I said. She would have, but I didn't want to put my three girls in a bus and travel around. That takes a special kind of uh, dedication. Well, I don't know. It's maybe dedication is the wrong word, but yeah, it takes. It's that's a lifestyle, huh? But, but I, as soon as COVID calmed down, I am going to do my concert though. You are. I can't wait for that. That'll be so cool. So we were talking about Christmas music. What's your favorite Christmas song? Legit. I like all of them, but I think White Christmas. I like mm -hmm. that song. song by Bing Crosby. Mm -hmm. And I also like Santa Baby. Well, what's not to like about Santa Baby? I want to hear your version of that. I can't. <laughs> you can't. I have to practice. I have to practice. That one you uh, might need to practice. <laughs> I like to do a song. I mean, you know, I, you know Buck is... Um, Buck's a I, good I, singer. I can't. I never used to ever sing in front of Buck. You know, I was just messing around singing with him. So, so he, he can't even get me to sing unless I've got practice and I have my guitar and all that. So, uh huh. Well, I think that's a shame because you have a beautiful voice. You yeah, know, surprised me a few times. Oh, besides yeah. singing the national anthem. Right. Yes, you've done that. And I've heard you sing a couple. I, I think I've heard you sing an original. Yes, you have. Mm -hmm. Very memorable. Um, that, that Bing Crosby movie, Kip and I always watch that around Christmas. Oh, White, White Christmas. Christmas. You yeah, bet. Rosemary Clooney's in there. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Do you know her? Oh, a friend of mine. I, I never met her, but a friend of mine was her drummer. He now lives in Macon, and uh, he's uh, formed this um, Las Vegas type uh, um, show. It's called the Macon Pops. Oh. And um, so, uh, and they it's like a it's like a Las Vegas show except it's clean. There's no you know risque things. So I've I've done a couple of things with them. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. I've sung with them a couple of times. It's really good, but um, with the concert we're going to do we're going to do it for charity and i was taking like a, about a quarter of the band and using it with strings and everything and doing all the songs that'll be so but then covid hit so stupid covid oh my gosh oh so crazy so when's the next clinic, when's the next clinic you're, you're going to ride in um, it depends on if there are spring California clinics, because I might run a, ride one of Dave's horses. I haven't in... seen the schedule yet. I know my clinic is September 24th, 25th, and 26th. Yeah, I did see the schedule. Um, oh, and there God. are, there are, well, I mean, it's not published yet, but oh. there are, I'm just saying, who knows, you know, what's, what's going to happen, but hopefully spring. And then are you coming well, out? Maybe by spring. You do. Mm -hmm. The gym just closed here two weeks ago. Kip and I got to go to the gym but, from. Yeah. But you, what, what state do you live in? Oregon. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we're not the only ones with closed gyms. Are your gyms open in Georgia? I don't know many gyms that are closed. Real, I don't think you know. Anyways, are you coming to Oregon in summer? If it's after, if it's after Dayton, I am. No, it's before Dayton. 
It's the week before Dayton this year. Oh, so what is it? So Oregon, it's Dayton, Ellenburg. So I might be, I don't know. Okay, that'd be cool. I gotta look yeah. at it. Okay, that'd be really cool. And are, are you hauling horses this week yes. to Texas? Okay, I'm, what? I'm flying. Oh, someone else is. And okay. I have a buddy of mine that's gonna drive his trailer with my truck. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I don't have my trailer yet. What horses are you taking? Kitty and Harmon. Harmon. Oh, I don't know that one. Kitty's brother. They're okay. your part. Oh, cool. That'll be awesome. So I can't get you to sing a Christmas song. You know my favorite song from White Christmas? Actually, my second, well, when you're worried and you can't sleep, just count like your blessings. Yeah. So what we need to do is like a get work a duet together. I'm I'm my plan is, is I'm going to get this soon as the first of the year, I'm going to get this band together. And, um, and some people have kind of asked me about it. And what I thought we would do is that when Buck's here for the East, you know, I would have one night during the clinic that um, my band would play. And, oh, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. See, it makes me want to come. I haven't been east in a while. Yeah, last time you were here to me was Clemson. Yeah, but you know what? You and I met at um, North Carolina. Do you remember riding by me that day in North Carolina? Leaf was traveling with Buck. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it was. And what did I say to you? I don't know. We don't need to talk about what you said to me. But you did ride over and say hi. <laughs> yes. And then when did and then we met in Vegas? We did. And then um You remember that? I was like, I don't I told Buck, I'm like, I don't think I really like that guy. He's like, really money? And he and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You know, he's like, trust me, he's one of the best guys ever. And he was right. <laughs> I was so I was so overwhelmed in Vegas. That was a crazy deal. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. We went there twice, right? Three times. Three times. I only went one time. I didn't go the first time. What second and third? Oh, so it must have been the second time. But because I was there with you. South Fork. South Point. Point, South, Point. South Fork. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy to live inside for three days. That was the year that. I'm, I'm sad that we don't have the legacy anymore. You are? Yeah. Kind of, but something like that. Well, the pro am's pretty cool, right? To gather everyone together. We don't have that. Well, <laughs> that's coming back, right? We'll be kill that. Yeah. It's coming back, you yeah. know. Yeah, we'll see what next year has to bring. I see something done though, in the middle of the country, like a, I don't know, some kind of a gathering or something. Well, like a big fancy play day. Yeah. yeah. That could be kind of cool. That's a lot to take on. Someone has to, that's the thing, right? It's a, that's yeah, a lot to, to take on. Yeah, if you had to do an expo, a bunch of gear there, and then you also have some uh, clinics and some kind of a um, 
you know, Buck doing something and maybe having somebody like um, some of the, the, maybe the Spanish writing school, some, some unusual stuff, you know, come in there. That'd be really cool. I would What's sure. Resurrect Boche. I'd like to talk to him. What's the most interesting thing that you, that you read from his stuff? Uh, Do you, cantering, you. Cantering backwards. There's a girl on Instagram. Have, have you seen the girl who's, who's actually been doing that? She taught her horse and, and showed it. If I can find the, Show it to me. I don't even know to say her name, unfortunately, because it's. I it's, just would like to fly. I like, I want to learn, do flying lead changes every other step. You know? Me too. Me too. Yes. Oh my gosh. Some of those things are on the horizon, right? <gasps> Be so cool. All right. Well, I enjoyed this so much. I'd love to do it again. Yay. Thank you very much. Your effort and everything you're doing um, to make people uh, more aware of the horse and the community of people who uh, that come with it. Well, they're really special. And I sure and love sharing. You want to go buy a horse and get involved. That's the dream. You That's actually, the dream. You can actually even ride your horse. That's right. You can... <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay if you don't it's okay if you don't it's okay <laughs> if you don't want to ride your horse i have a few that i would i would let go <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing right um okay so before we go 2021 what's your horsemanship goal 2021 um i would say I'd have um, uh, the horse Kitty. Um, well, I'd have Pete straight up, uh, Kitty, Touraine, and uh, Harmon uh, in the Bazaar, and starting two new colts. That is quite the ambitious, but not out of the realm of possibility. I bet you can do that. And the way we're going to do that is we're getting better lights on the arena. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's and pretty we, ambitious. Nancy has a lot of jewelry she wants to make, so she won't know I'm not there. Yeah, we should say um, Nancy Barnes Jewelry on Instagram. If you search yeah. for her, she has some amazing silver work. Um, just incredible. Yep. And so if people want to follow you on the internet, where do they go? Instagram. Okay. And uh, what's, I need to put stuff on there, but this is Bill, is this, I think it's, what is it? Is it Dr. Bill Barnes? Yeah. Dr. Bill Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, on so I'm on Facebook too, but I have like 700 friends, but I've never been on there. That's what it's like to be a rock star surgeon who everybody wants to fix you. You just magically get friends. But on the Dr. Bill Barnes thing, it would be cool if you would just share a little bit more. of Posting more. I need to do that. Well, just some of the horse stuff. Cause I mean, you have a lot to, to share of what's going on at the ranch and just take, take time. I should have my director then to take pictures and post. Them. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very good. Do you not take photos with your phone very often? Not very often. <gasps> really? I need to. I need to. Are you lying about not taking photos? No, no. 
Ben needs to take photos. He's, he's taking photos all the time. Okay. <laughs> he's a normal human. Okay, he's good. He's also dating my, my great niece, too. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, so he's approved. Yeah, he's approved, right? So where can people follow Ben? Uh, the Ben Cunningham. Instagram. Instagram. All right, I'll have to follow him so then I can keep track. And uh, yeah, thank you, Bill. Been, been here about a year. Okay. I presume he's posting photos. He does post photos. Cool. Good. Good. All right. We love you guys. Okay. Love you too. Thank you. you. Next weekend. Yeah, I'm going to see you Friday morning, bright All and right. early. I'll be looking for you. Okay. Love you. Okay. Love you too. Take care. Bye. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Remember, you can watch the video, which is really fun, at horsemanshipinsider.com in the Horsemanship Hub. You can also watch it on the Northwood Farms YouTube channel. Remember, if you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to my channel here and share it with someone that you think might also enjoy it. I hope you have a great week going forward. Let's connect soon.